Thank you for joining the Chair Chronicles podcast. I'm Carla D. Tillery, your life coach and your favorite auntie. This episode is part of a four-part series on, have you had the talk? The talk is a common expression in the black community, but usually it's focused around having those conversations with your children about racism. But we need to have more of the talk. So this series deals with having the talk with our families about unexpected and expected deaths of a loved one, having the talk with our children about racism, having the talk with our family and friends about the psychological impacts of living while black, and also having the talk about the economic pitfalls that face the black community. So welcome to the Chair Chronicles. I have a guest today in the studio. We've got the one and only Christopher Tillery. Yeah, give it up. And the crowd goes, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Inside joke. For real. (laughs) Uh, So today I have my husband who is here today uh, joining me on this episode. Uh, This is a part of our special four-part mini series Mm -hmm. on Have You Had the Talk? Talk, yeah. And today we're going to be talking about it from uh, the perspective of social injustice as it relates to black and brown people, mm-hmm. uh, our interface with uh, the police community. And we're going to be talking about what is it like to father black sons? Yes. This is a critical, I think, conversation because um, even we parent two sons and I know we've had that conversation, but it seems like we're still having the conversation and very important to have it. It is very important yeah. to have it. Yes. So let's, um, start with, you know, just a little bit about what your perspective is fathering black children. Like, what is that experience like? There's good. There's a lot, a lot of good. A lot of good. good, um, The joys of having, in my case, uh, two two young black men. You know, um, I think you think you did your job. One one son, as you know, is one hundred percent. But when you do two, you (laughs) know, so you're really proud of yourself. Kind of hate that a little bit, little little, little bit. Um, But uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a great thing. It's a great thing. Right. And with everything that's been going on, we know that. Uh, black fathers or just fathers in general give advice, right? Yes. You give advice on so many different things as life when mm-hmm. they're growing up, you know, whether they're riding a bike or learning how to fish right, or, right. you know, tossing a ball, you know, Correct, how yeah. to do it the right way because most fathers want their sons to be some kind of sports athletes. And so there's correct form and all of this. And so all of this bonding that's going on between the father and their sons, whether it's that or whether it's music, because, you know, it's not just about the athleticism, but right. sometimes your child might uh, be in the creative art. That's correct. And you can uh, give advice on those types of things and in school and then with the girls and, and with cars. And it's like mm-hmm. so many different things. Right. But this, the talk is so different from just typical advice to your children. Yeah, this is very, very life changing and life saving. Life-changing and life-saving. And I know that one of the things that has come up just recently, just talking to a lot of other people, is sometimes in the white community, they don't even understand what the talk is and what that means. They sort of starting to hear some of those things on the news, but never really understood what it was like. And Black fathers typically have to have a lot more included. Yes. 
in their advice to their son. Yes, raising a black young man, yes. Right. So what did you, what was our talk like with our sons? What do you remember? Initially, um, I think most most of the talk when, it, when we started talking a lot was when they became um, old enough to hang out with friends. You know, not mm-hmm. so much once they leave the backyard and, you know, around the neighborhood right. riding their bikes and playing in the backyard. When they're able to go out uh, to a party mm-hmm. or carnival, anything, a, a social kind of gathering, we started, you know, how to carry yourself, what to do, what to happen if something right. does go wrong to give us a call, no questions asked. So that was... Uh, so it'll probably be carnivals, you know, that age, just to drop them off. That's when you start worrying a lot more. Right. So that yeah. was probably in their like young teens right. when we started having those conversations. And they was getting a little bit more independence yes. where they could uh, be out with their friends without us around. That's correct. And, and you're right. I think, but most of, some of that conversation was more about just how to carry yourself, period. Yes. And really not a lot to right. do with interfacing with the police and all these other things. Yeah. It was just like, we want you to have a good time, but you need to be safe. You need to be home by a certain and time. And how to stay out of trouble. And just stay out, out of trouble. trouble. Exactly. <laughs> Most of it was just keeping them out of exactly, trouble. Exactly, yep, right. exactly. Right, and I think we always told them that they could call us at any time. No questions asked if they were out. That's correct. And so why, why was that so important? Because I know you and I talked about that, but why was it important for us to give that kind of... Um, guidance to our sons first of all you're trying to build a trust factor between you know the parent and the child so you want them to be comfortable if you're always yelling and screaming something bad happens then I think that sets up a a level of a a wall they'll put up and not talk to you about serious issues so we always want our boys to be um our young men to be um comfortable in talking with us about anything right and we in our in our house, we discuss everything. We do. Nothing's <laughs> off the table. Nothing is off the table because you just can't pretend life is not going to happen. Dating girls, crime, whatever, you know, life is going to happen to everybody. So we were always make sure we're proactive in talking to them about that. And then once they started driving, that was yeah, that was another level escalated of the you know, talk. Exactly. Yep. Correct. So what were the kinds of things that um, you felt was important to share with them? when they're at that level when they have their own vehicles because that changes the game true because they can now go to places and not tell us and we don't know right Um, Right, again you know you try to build that trust but you don't know what situation now that they may come into contact with and so what was important to say to them at that level it's beyond just don't get in trouble it's don't get in trouble and <laughs> and there are laws so once right. they once they're old enough to have the privilege to drive now the what can happen in a car the um how would i say the consequences are greater mm. once you put a motor vehicle into play so you have to remember it's your life and somebody else's life as you're driving so of course you always had you know, drive carefully you right. know don't speed you know you always have that. It's going to happen. You know, right. I have to say when I was young, you know, I, I drove a little fast sometimes. But mm. so I don't expect a, a young man, you know, to follow to the T. But we're not saying. But we're not. We're not. We're not saying. We're, we're not, not saying. Promoting. We're not promoting, you know, <laughs> reckless driving. But you have to understand when they're tempted to yes, do certain things. That's right. So, you know, that's that's a real that's a, that's real right there. So 
once they started driving like that's a, a certain different set of circumstances that are very life-changing and besides you possibly getting hurt or someone else you also have the aspect of law enforcement being involved you operate a motor vehicle that's right Operating a motor vehicle, I think, um, does send another level of sort of uh, consequences and different situations and different scenarios that can happen. But what we've seen really lately is that there's been a lot of, you know, this interaction with the police. Our young black men um, sometimes are struggling. Correct. And, And I know we tried to give very specific guidance to our sons about what to do and what not to do. What right. Those, what were those things? First of all, being pulled over, it's a little uh, high anxiety in the first place, especially if you don't know why you're being pulled over. Mm-hmm. You know, are you being profiled? You know, is it a traffic stop? Is um, You've been in searches, not searches, but stops, routine stops, um, drunk driving, seat belts, right. cell phone use. Right. And even those things... Are nerve wracking right. for us as adults. Right. I, I try to make them light, but you know, yeah, but you know, but even, it is, it's not like that all the time. It's not Especially like that. if it's your first time being pulled right. over. And um, so we let them know, okay, your license, mm-hmm. your registration, and your insurance card. We're always big on make sure they have the proper paperwork to operate a motor vehicle. And also being respectful and showing your hands on the steering wheel. Right. And in your tone of voice. Not with attitude, but you're being very compliant with the officer and his demands. And you have to understand even the officer's body language. You know, you don't know what kind of day he's having or what he's thinking is going to happen that night. Mm-hmm. Remember, he's trying to protect his life, too. So I've been stopped and some officers come up. They're very calm and casual, mm-hmm. you know, let you know what your viol- what they believe violation was. Then I've been stopped also where you watch the officer actually with his hand on his, his service weapon. And he's walking, you know, slowly behind you because you're watching him in the mirror, in your side view mirror. Right. So you have to be very in tune with what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. So those are things we would show, have, um, give them tip, tips on, actually, on body language right. and voice. Commands. Body language, voice, you know, being aware and in tune to what's right. happening. And one of the things that I think that in those conversations that we had with our sons, a lot of times it's like, how do you define? Defend yourself because most of the time that's what you want to do. Right. You want to defend yourself if something, if the conversation starts to sway away or you feel disrespected. And I know in our, you know, in the, the, you know, our other generations, yeah. that disrespect is huge. Exactly. And it doesn't take much right. to feel disrespected. You know, they feel like a lot of the scenarios where they feel disrespected, I wouldn't interpret it that way but a lot of times they do and so those are some of the types of things that i know that they were saying and it's like how did you know what what do you recall we told them about showing signs of respect even when you feel like you're being disrespected you're being dishonored particularly in that situation right i think we always wanted the lessons we taught them their character to show even in bad situations yes so we always try to develop the right character in our in our young men, our sons. So just take that into a traffic stop. The same thing with that to come out. It could be nerve wracking. You could be nervous, anxious, and the officer might be a little rough with his his tone. But to always maintain calm on your on your part, and just to always practice being calm. And uh, and I know you're gonna be nervous. It's it's 
or fearful. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, sometimes you'll 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 feel fear. I mean, you can be driving down the road, all of a sudden you see an officer running behind your lights, and you and all of a sudden you grip the wheel a little tired as a, as an adult. You know, okay, is he after me? And then when they go by, you're like, Woo, Ooh, I you know, know what did right. I do? You know, because you might have had your hand on the phone. I don't know, but you like took some fear in you then. But you try to tell them, so this is the first traffic stop, how to um, not to get used to them because you want to be pulled over that many times, but how to carry yourself right. and how to remain calm and, and let the life lessons we taught you as parents, you know, practice those as practice you're being those stopped. Practice those things, right. So that when you are approached that you can kind of have, you know, that ability to stay calm. Right. Because, you know, they're trying to, you know, the, we have to assume that they're just trying to do their job. Yes. And and they pulled you over for a, a valid a va- reason. Yeah. That's your right. hope. That's your hope. Right. I do know that with everything else that's happened, that we've seen a lot of incidences and we've seen it on social media. We've seen these things play out that that's not always the case. Right. And uh, again, feeling disrespected and feeling like. You know, you're being racially profiled. Mm-hmm. That's um, that's hard. And I think more so for our young black men and black men, period, that that's difficult. Right. It's a difficult situation. Right. And you and you you share your experiences with them. You know, I've been pulled over being in a nice car, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and some might think, what did you do to get that nice car? Mm-hmm. And if you look young, you know, whose car is it? Mm-hmm. Is the car stolen? Stolen. Yeah. You know, so so that once again, proper paperwork, right? You know, be ready for that, because just to know, I don't want you to be pulled over, being racially profiled, but I do want you prepared just in case, in one particular instance, that's what's going on, right? So it's about preparing them for the what ifs and hoping that it doesn't happen, exactly. But it is likely that you know they may have some kind of encounter, right? And they'll need to know how to handle exactly. Because our goal is. To get home safe. Yes. To survive that particular moment. Don't let a bad, you know, don't let a simple traffic stop or it can be out of your car. It can be at a mall, anywhere you want it. It can happen at a restaurant, whatever, wherever you are, walking down the street. Right. You know, and someone says something that's a crime happened. You don't want that to escalate to where you're you're in the hospital or possibly dead. Right. So does it bother you as a black man that you have to have this kind of conversation with your sons. You would think with all the years that have passed that, you know, things would be different, but it's not, it's the heart of people. And so it bothers you, but it is a necessary thing that you have to do a part of life. You have to explain to them, prepare them to life, um, help them through life. Right. To live a long life. To live a long life. You know? Yeah. So I was reading this article and I wanted to read it, this this quote. So it came from uh, Gazette Extra and they did an article about black fathers and the conversations that they're having with their children. All right. And this just came out a few months ago. So this is the summer of 2020. And it's this uh, one father who was interviewed replied and he said, I don't think people understand that a simple traffic stop can lead to a funeral. It's rough to have something that trivial to be that triggering when it shouldn't be. When your child calls, especially your son saying, dad, they pulled me over. I didn't do anything. It drives your blood pressure up and it makes you anxious. A lot of time you can't breathe good because a lot of times it ends with your child being murdered. And I specifically say murdered. Yes. 
So how do you relate? I know I relate to that. I, you know, just getting sometimes those phone calls and you're not knowing what the phone call is about, but when mm-hmm. you see your child's number, you're like, right. oh my God, what's going on? Right. And then when it is a situation where they've had an encounter, it, you know, the, I, you know, I'm a black mother of black children, but I understand that, that yes. feeling of anxiousness and your blood pressure going up, like what happened? Are you okay? And, and, and we not too long ago got a call from my son That's correct. who had an interaction with the police and it was not for anything he did wrong. And it was not any, the officer didn't do, you know, it wasn't like a, he was there for the right reasons, right? Yeah. Right. Because it was a situation where they were investigating a murder and this was in a parking lot and right. our son just so happened to be at that parking lot and got questioned, but what do you remember and what did you feel when we got that phone call? When he called, I could feel the anxiety in his voice. Mm. I could feel the anger. And uh, because of, of the questioning was so intense. Mm-hmm. And when you just arrive to a spot and you're being questioned and you know you're innocent, you know that that gets real nerve wracking. Right. So we were, we were concerned that, first of all, are you okay? Right. You know, have you left the area, the scene, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and just trying to get him to calm down and tell him, okay, just go on about your day. Everything's going to be good. Right. You know, so you, you try to encourage him, you know, you might still feel anxiety in yourself and your heart's kind of racing still, but you want your son to survive a situation. Um, it's that basically why we talked to him so much about what can happen with an officer or any situation. Right. And I think our conversations have, you know, as you were saying earlier, you know, when they were young teens, it's about, you know, not getting in trouble. Right. And then when they're driving, it's about how to handle yourself if you get stopped. And and now it's elevated to the point where it, this is it's just life changing. This is this could alter your life. Correct. If you do not have the right tools and strategies to not escalate a situation, yes. to respond the right way. And sometimes you can do everything. And we've seen, you know, a lot of stories lately mm-hmm. where even still doing the right thing, you can still, still lose killed. your life exactly. or at least end up in the hospital. Right, right. So we always go over the tools, you know, mm-hmm. we always try to talk to them about it. Any situation we, we've sat down, we sit down more lately, you mm-hmm. know, and laugh and talk, you know, while eating. And if something comes up, we always try to bring that up. That's right. And we try to stay in constant contact, how they're feeling, a discuss situation. So verbally, we uh, engage with them a lot more. It's necessary for you young to talk to young black men, whether your son, your nephew, or your mm-hmm. coach or mentor. It's very necessary. And give them the tools. And then let them talk back to you about their frustrations, fears, and anxiety. And let them say, well, it's not right. And you can say, I agree with you. It's not right. But I'm trying to let you survive another day, live a long life. Right. And I'd rather them tell us it's not right. Right. Than to tell the, an officer yeah. that it's not right. Because once you become combative, that's when the situation can turn, you know, very quick. Right. And I feel like nowadays our conversations are more about life-saving tips. Yes. Than, than anything else. And I think it feels disheartening to have to have these kind of conversations but I agree, man, it is so necessary right? and not just with us. So I know, you know, you and I have worked with a lot of young people in the community and we've taken trips with a lot of young men Yes, and we've, you know, we've had plenty of situations where we've had to be on guard, but more so not only have we been preparing our kids, but 
you know, it takes a village to raise. Correct. A child. Correct. And I think, you know, I'm the auntie and you, you're Uncle Chris to so many. Yeah, Coach Till one, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, Coach Till. And we've had to have a lot of conversations with other young men. Yes. About how to carry themselves. And, you know, it was, tell, it, was uh, <laughs> it was crazy, right? And since so you're talking about, um, we, uh, we sponsored AU basketball teams and mm-hmm. we had our teams out at two of them. So you're talking approximately 20. Right. 20 young black 20 kids. young black men. And um, and the first thing I remember as we got out the two vans, you know, we had and we're going to get something to eat in between tournament games, AAU basketball tournament games. And uh, I remember you saying and we and we we're all uniformed. Right. So we had the nice hoodies, always proverbs on it with a basketball. Um, so we're all dressed the same. And um, you're telling the young men, you know, take your take your hoodies hoods off. off. Right. You know? And that was and I was I was so adamant about that because that was in the 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 uh, time period when Trayvon Martin Correct. was killed. And the hoodie became such a Symbolic. such a yeah, I mean, it was so highlighted so much. And the threat, the, the potential threat of a young kid wearing a hood. Right. Uh, a sweatshirt with a hood on it was a threat. Right. And I knew where we were. We were going to a mall. I knew you know, where the mall was located. Yes. High-end mall, right? High-end mall. And I wanted to make sure that our kids, I had always told them, whenever you in the building, I don't care what building it was, even for the gym, I always say, take your hoodie off, right. you know, so that people could see your face and they could see you and there were no issues to try to hopefully lessen the threat of a kid. Right. You know, and, and I, but I remember being very adamant about it. And when we walked into the mall uh, with 20 kids, I definitely didn't want 20 kids with hoods on. Right. And this wasn't, I think this was even before the time period where you see a lot of the young people in mobs, that right, were, correct. you know, doing different things that they shouldn't be doing, correct. criminal activity and all these kind of th- things like that in stores and malls. This was even before that. Right. And, uh, you know, it was still that awareness that our young kids potentially look threatening. Right. And whatever tips and tricks we could do to de- to kind of minimize that threat, I, I was like, yeah, don't do this. Don't yes. do that. And that was, I think, prior to, it's crazy because in the back of our mind, we already knew we had to go through this scenario <laughs> yeah. and um and lesson. So like you said, you, you, you took the hoodies down, you know, the sweatshirts with hoods. We're all dressed alike. Um, three of us, I believe, three adults with them. Right. And um, we're dressed, we're dressed, Uniformly, we're also, uniform and like um, we yep. we uh we open them all doors, and when we opened the door, I saw the camera, and I told him, I said, "Listen, we're gonna use the bathroom, you know, wash our hands, and head to the food court," and um and I said, "But security's gonna be here soon," and they kind of looked at me strange, and sure enough, when we hit those doors, security's on their way down to where we were, and uh, I think I don't know if they thought it was a fortune teller, but once you know. You, you prepare for the situation because if it's happened right. to you, you already know. That's right. So I should prepare my young men also for that. So we got that. We went down and then, and you, you proceeded to tell them when we get to the food court, you know, how to carry themselves. That's right. Don't put your hoodies back up. And it's almost natural to them because they, they like the hoods up. Right. You know, they like the look. Um, If you're feeling chill, you just played. If you're sweating a little bit, you want to keep your body temp, you know, warm. So you, once again, you went through instructions as we went into the food court and ordering food. Mm-hmm. Right. How to, how to talk, how to, you know, just right. even when you're ordering your food and we're going to sit together and right. all those types of things to 
again not to, to wander yeah to not yeah. to wander we didn't want any more attraction drawn exactly. to us we already knew that large group of young black kids right. would kind of get some attention and just walking around you know as well we knew we were being followed and i remember saying to them like if you purchase something right. you know let that be the last thing you do right and then get out the store exactly. don't hang around with packages opening them mm -hmm. keep them closed because we didn't want <laughs> any situations that where it could have been somebody trying to steal something or right. thought they were stealing something and so we just had to keep going over these things because again it was about their protection correct and just a simple weekend of basketball we did not want that to turn into right uh, a loss of life or someone being you know taken away That's you know right. by the police being and the police being called so we're always on that and then till people understand that don't racially profile a young black man. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's a lot of them doing great things. And that's what we always taught them about their character. So just to have that talk, that that lesson, right? that constant reminder. And that's not the only time, you know, we've had incidents. We've always how to carry themselves, no matter what mm -hmm. we're doing at a tournament, if we're playing on the court, whatever. When we leave, when we drop you off at home, mm -hmm. you know, we always tell them, listen, be safe. Mm -hmm. You know, stay out of trouble. You know, you had a great weekend. You know, I'll see you next week at practice, you know. So do you think our conversation uh, with our sons would be different if we had daughters? If we had daughters, um, probably. I, I would probably, with my daughter, I'd be more concerned about boys. <laughs> Who she's dating. <laughs> Who she's dating. <laughs> What's he all about? To be quite honest, it's a different talk. My talk would be probably totally different to you fathers out there. You know, I was blessed to have you know two boys, so um, but I do have goddaughters. So anyway, I even asked them, you know, about these young men that they're seeing or whoever likes them. But um, but I know also that even young black women are being arrested or profiled in certain ways and and being abused also in a traffic stop or a mall scene or whatever out in public. So um, even then that conversation should be had too. It might not be as intense and life threatening as we put it for a young black man, but just to let them know that has to happen. So either their, their auntie or a friend of the family will talk to them or their father, just be a strong figure in their life. Yeah. And that's, that's the key we always had. We want to be strong role models in our son's lives and also introduce friends Mm -hmm. in our lives that can do the same. Right. I, I do think if we had a daughter, um, because there's so much awareness now about uh, sex trafficking and yes. things like that. Um, and, is, and, and I think for us as a, a father, uh, parenting sons, right. sometimes you don't think about some of those conversations, but I know there's a different kind of conversation probably happening for uh for dads with their daughters right yeah and we've as parents we've left no no rock unturned about what we talk to our, our sons about absolutely we talk about everything. you know yeah. so there's no need to pretend that life is not going to happen or certain situations won't come up but we first of all encourage them not to get in that situation but if it happens how to handle that situation just in case something does go wrong right so it's very important to have as much as you can to talk and develop is really relationship between you and your sons and daughters and also somebody else's 
son or daughter. That's right. Because like be I said, it takes a village, yes, you know, to raise a, a child. And I think, you know, when you come into contact with other kids and you've got, you know, their parents and their parents and your friends and things like right, that, right. you sort of build this community of building each other and sharing and learning from each other. Correct. Because even though uh, we've had certain experiences, they might not be the same as someone else's. True, true. And um, I know one of the other things that we've always been mindful of is making sure our sons had also other people they could talk to. That's correct. People that um, we trusted and um, had good character. I didn't say flawless, but good character. Good character, right. You know, and, um, and we tell them, listen, here's who you can talk to. We have great friends in our lives that we do that. And whatever conversation you have with them is a private conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't have to know, and I'm not going to indulge and ask what that conversation was about. But we encourage them, if you can't talk to us or feel uncomfortable talking to us, to please reach out to someone that has life experience right. and good um, good judgment good and judgment. wisdom and knowledge that's right. in life and ex experience in life. Not someone that's just, you know, right. going to tell yeah, you, you are, work off your feelings, <laughs> but I want to tell you how to work off knowledge. That's right. Yeah. If you're going to send your child to someone, they exactly. got to be, yeah. they got to, they got to have some good decision. Yeah, exactly. Skills. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> some good judgment. I mean, you want to make sure they're in alignment with like your value system True. and all those other things. True. But I do think it's important. And I think uh, it's a healthy outlet. For oh, children yes. to have is to make sure that there's somebody else out there outside mm -hmm. of, you know, the parents and the aunties and the uncles and, and the grandmas yeah. of the world to make sure that there's someone else that they could talk to. Exactly. Because you just never know. Um, and I know sometimes we make sure they got their phone numbers and we're like, listen, we might not, you know, even if we go on vacation. Right. Sometimes there's still a fear. Exactly. What could happen. Of what could happen. Right. And it's not so much. It has nothing to do that we feel like our kids are are not you know or they're not mature enough to right. handle themselves has absolutely nothing to no. do with that it's just that we recognize the fact that there's so many things that are happening out there right. that you can have good intentions and still not come home safe that's true that's true so we always said the final um the most important thing is to get home to yeah. survive right the um the incident the traffic stop and the if we're encounter. not home, here's somebody else. Exactly. You call them. Exactly. That's uh, most important. Yeah. We can always, even if you feel you're, you're innocent, but not to, sometimes you can't argue that point right then and there mm -hmm. on the street mm -hmm. or, you know, in the back of the officer's car. You can't argue. Just survive mm -hmm. and get home. And we can always take care of that later, later on. on. Either it's in court or traffic court or whatever, or just sitting down um, that we can handle the situation and it won't escalate into something life-taking right and i think that's the hardest thing it, it seems from a lot of the sort of situations we've seen and some of the lives that have been taken is 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 just that ability not to comply in the moment yes Ugh, it, it hurts because it seems like that is one of the driving forces not all the time. Right. Because, you know, we've seen some other situations where things are just happening out of control. Mm -hmm. um, but but not utilizing those save my life tips. Right. Right. It just seems like things really, really go wrong very quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. And we understand that your pride might be hurt. Your your innocence might be in question, especially if you're innocent of something where we're right. accused of. But just remain calm work through that situation because mm -hmm. the bottom line is I want to see you later on, you know, that evening or that weekend. If you're not, if you don't live at home, I want to see you later on. Right. You know, that we can talk again. Right. 
So I'm going to read one more quote because I think that um, it, it resonated with me with something else I saw. And this is, again, that same article. And it was another father who said, you don't want to give anybody an excuse. As an American, you want to say that sucks, but you need to comply today and you can complain tomorrow. Yes. But we need to get to tomorrow. We need to get, get to, to tomorrow. tomorrow. And yeah. that's all about our survival tips. It's bad you have to call them survival tips yeah. for a young black man. No, but, but it's absolutely necessary. Even, and we talk about young black men, even just black men in general. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had my, my moments, but you just want to get through that situation. Mm -hmm. And like when he said complain later, I can come home and vent. Right. And in tell a safe you, place. Exactly. In a safe place. Tell you my frustration. Right. But I don't want that. That's something so simple. Mm -hmm. let me lose my life or be um crippled or, or some situation or right you know beaten right. you know when it shouldn't happen for something so small right wow okay so what advice we're going to go out on this what advice would you give other black fathers and their black sons definitely um open up lines of communication talking now you know we as black men and um we probably talk about sports and music but we, we must recognize we have to really talk about our sons and our daughters about saving their lives and help, you know, help save their lives. So um, talk to them constantly if it's uh, over wings or whatever. Um, just a relaxed setting. All the time doesn't be intense. Like just don't wait till it happens on TV watching the news, but just take the opportunity mm, where they're sitting good. outside over burger, steak, you know, mm -hmm. just spending time with them. And as, as black men, I mean, they, we're accused of not spending a lot of time with our our children anyway, mm -hmm. but just take this opportunity to spend time with them and let them understand your experiences, have good friends that have been through things, have them talk to them, but just communication, keep the lines of communication open and help them navigate through this life that's been so tough lately for mm -hmm. um, young black men and black men. Mm -hmm. That's good. So, wow. So a lot of good nuggets here yes. in terms of, you know, spending the time with them. Correct. I do think that that's critical building relationships, yep. not only with your kids, but I think in the community oh, at yes, large. I, yes. And you also shared a lot about, you know, some of the things we shared in our conversations mm -hmm. about how to care, carry yourselves, right. how to, how to talk your body language, your tone, right. all of those things are important because we want our children to get to tomorrow exactly get to tomorrow exactly if you're put in situations and like i said we we work with um young black men and, and women so we just want to be there like mm -hmm. consider them your own mm -hmm. yes. if that was my child right i would want somebody to look out for my child so they can have a long life and not get hurt in right. any way so that's where you have to really get proactive mm -hmm. as a person and you see something going on or you feel the need, don't be, don't be a, mm -hmm. afraid mm -hmm. to help them, you mm -hmm. know, navigate through this life. Right. Absolutely. Well, we hope that you will share your comments yes. and share your experiences. We would love to hear from you. Please feel free to uh, provide those comments on my YouTube channel at Carla D. Tillery. And we hope that you would like this episode and share it with others because it's such 
as, as we've been saying, a necessary conversation. So please share this with other fathers and other moms so that mm-hmm. they can make sure that they're having these important conversations with their children because we want all of us to get to tomorrow. Yes, we do. So thank you so much for being a part of this mini series. Uh, we hope that you will stay tuned and stay connected on The, the Chair, Chair Chronicles. Chronicles.